Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and today I'm joined by Adam the Blompier. Blompier, it's me. It's you. It Hello. is. Hello, Pete. <laughs> Good to see you and hear and you. you. And hear you. Yeah. Uh, so today, just for a uh, uh, bit of admin before we get into it, this is just the podcast version today. So. All the people that are here listening to this podcast intro, this might be your first time listening to the podcast if you only watch the YouTube version and never check out the podcast version. So, hey, welcome to the exclusive content, people. This is what you can expect every week. Um, but we'll, we'll get it. We'll Admin. dive into. Sounds great. <laughs> Sign me up for seconds. Christ. Hello, new subscribers. Uh, but uh, we'll get into some more chat in the outro. For now, we should probably get into talking about NXT itself. Uh, we're going to be talking about... Are, are, are WWE really doing it? Are they going to be bringing back the Lion's Den? Here's the show. So to kick things off today, talking about NXT and what was a pretty good episode in building for uh, TakeOver in your house, um, there's a, a really interesting development in the Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher feud after they imploded last week. Uh, they both had individual promo segments on this week uh, where Thatcher basically laid out the challenge and said no pinfalls. Uh, they're cheating essentially uh, you got a cheap victory against me so it's only going to be knockouts and submissions uh, for our match that I want to have at, at TakeOver and Riddle later on in the night accepted this challenge and said yeah fine no pinfalls knockouts and submissions but we should go somewhere that we're both really familiar with and we should go in a cage and I was like oh a steel cage match that's, pre that's pretty cool that's like a nice symbolism from it but the interesting point about this, though, is that they're advertising it as a cage fight rather than a cage match. So what what does that mean? What is this cage fight? Are they going to do just straight up like a, a UFC like octagon or are they going to do something that they've tried to do before like the lion's den from the Attitude Era? 
What do you think, Adam? Well, just to pick you up on one thing, uh, this is happening next week, uh, not on TakeOver. Um, oh, that's difficult. Uh, but yeah, they are wording it as a cage fight. And like uh, mm. Riddle framed it, he says, let's go somewhere we're both familiar in the cage. And it's just like, well, you guys aren't famous for having like wrestling cage matches. You're not famous for fighting inside, you know, what WWE assumes a cage looks like. You guys are both famous for MMA and fighting in that very specific style. So it may be that uh yeah like ken shamrock had uh, a couple of matches and uh, also steve blackman i believe had a few um they maybe bring back the lion's den which uh for all you children listening to us was an attitude era gimmick where they basically yet yeah, tried to do uh ufc uh they got all the guys who were famous for being real real tough real boys i believe owen hart was in one um mm. And basically, it's a very small, it's like a little ice cream cone <laughs> and made out of steel, uh, but with no top on it. And basically, yeah, it's just a little pit, sort of, where um, boys kind of just like hug each other until one of them dies. And I think possibly uh, that may be what uh, Thatcher and Riddle are going for, because, yeah, in Lion's Den, it's submission or TKO. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe that's just what they're going for. Because also Cage, like the WWE style Cage, it, they, they're never going to be able to shake the whole, you know, escape the Cage. That's a way to win. Whereas obviously that's not the case with this Cage fight. So mm-hmm. why not come up with something completely different? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd be up for it. Because like, you know, they, they're, they're both very good at what they do. Um, obviously, with UFC, uh, you know, Fight Island is on the horizon. <laughs> uh, if WWE can get in there first and actually produce a little bit of UFC-style content, maybe they're just kind of try and bring over a few people from the UFC crowd. Maybe they could build up like a little mini division. That's probably uh, that's probably thinking too much, but it's an interesting first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. I'd be well up for them bringing back some sort of revamped version of the lion's den maybe something that's slightly bigger just mm. just throwing it out there maybe they should give them a bit more room because it might be a bit a bit limiting with what they can do granted it's quite, it's quite small it's quite small it's very small uh granted their match last week they barely moved and had a great match um but that's not really the point i, I think it would just it would limit them a bit too much if it was the same kind of size because it is very very small yes. uh, so yeah i'd be really up for for that lion's den Reboot if that's what they're doing, or some sort of variation of their cage to make it more cage-like rather than just a structure that happens to be on the outside of the ring that they barely ever interact with. It would be a a, a staple of this kind of unique thing, and I think it would lend itself to a a kind of a more unique feel to it if it wasn't at kind of in like in full sale. If it was on a different location where they'd actually just built this cage essentially yeah. ju- just for this match i think it w- i think it would really really elevate this match and it could be really bloody good because shockingly they're both really good wrestlers i think it's a really good idea um because one of the main things that we talk a lot about uh as a channel we talk a lot about AEW and how it's obviously got a huge amount of variety uh, and wwe have really kind of stepped up their variety when it comes to their cinematic style matches doing stuff on location almost kind of bespoke bespoke matches for unique occasions and this is could be potentially another really good feather in wwe's cap if they lean into it i just think it's worth more than just bringing in the cage again Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and and especially 
for what these two can do in like a very small confined space it would be I think it would be wasted to have the cage there because they, they'd never use it it would just be round the outside but they'd just be busy doing submissions and stuff in the middle of the ring and they their normal cage wouldn't be worth it to, to have the normal one that I think it should be a, a revamp but either way I'm super pumped for the match itself I think yeah. it's going to be amazing also, I'm really liking this feud you've also got a UFC you know someone who's very very experienced at calling MMA on your announce team so like <laughs> yeah, it of does of course yeah it does feel like everything could potentially ally obviously it, I really want if they're going to do like a uh, a unique setting blah 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 I do keep commentary because mm-hmm. I, as I think that's one of the only things that these kind of cinematic matches are missing. Uh, I mean, maybe not the boneyard, maybe you didn't need that, but in terms of like, I really thought the Money in the Bank match needed commentary. I think it suffered mm-hmm. because of it, and I think especially this, we got Mauro right there. Please just make sure he calls it because I think that would be awesome. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, I, I don't think the the Firefly Funhouse definitely didn't need it. And yeah, the Boneyard match didn't need it. I think Champa Gargano probably did. It did. I think it was. I think that was lacking. Um, so yeah, I, I think this. That, yeah, it's a very, very good shout. Yeah, like you said, especially when you've got Maro there, it would be a complete waste to not have him. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
that, of course, wasn't the only match that was set up on this card because apparently we've got bloody loads of them now mm. in the build to um, to take over in your house. Uh, so we'll get into some of the uh, some of the segments later on. But first, I just wanted to say what it looks like. What we were just uh, discussing just before we started recording was what the takeover card is starting to look like because it looks bloody amazing. Um, Based on the events of this show, it looks like we're going to be getting Karrion Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa, which is one that was actually made on the show and made official. Um, we're gonna. It looks like we're going to be getting Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee. Oh, I can't wait! Oh my god, I can't wait! Genuinely can't wait for that match. That's show stealers written all over it. Um, uh, Damian Priest versus Finn Balor, which again could be really, really good. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole looks like it could happen again based on you know, stuff that's happened in this show it looks like they're still getting into it um, it looks like it's going to be a triple threat for the NXT Women's Championship Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair which again could be amazing uh, and there's also a tag match that's possibly been set up between new champs Imperium and uh, Lorcan and Birch which again could be a really fun high octane fast paced match also, also, like there's just depending on what happens next week, maybe the cruiserweight final will happen there as well. Yeah, like, of course, I forgot, forgot about the cruiserweights entirely. Yeah, of course. Who, who God. knows? What's there's a, a lot takeover card. There's a, there's a lot to look forward to, isn't there? Yeah, Jesus, it, that is genuinely one of the best takeover cards ever. And I feel like we're saying this for every takeover that happens now. We're like probably the best takeover card they've done yet but they just keep getting better every time i'm so excited for this show i think the only thing that's going to hold it back is no fans because that's one of the one of the things for me at takeovers is just hearing that rabid nxt fan base just going crazy for every spot every single keithley big thing he does and the crowd losing their marbles every single time I think that's the only thing that's going to hold this show back. But it is, they've done the best they can with if this is going to be the card going into it. So I think I, I, I completely agree. Um, I think possibly like this may be one of those cards where it's kind of okay that there's no fans. Not necessarily because obviously you want to see everyone reacting to these amazing matches. But this looks like it might be quite a heel heavy card. Because um, mm. I think. Cole is going to beat Dream because I don't think Dream is the next NXT champion. I think that is a certain a certain big boy called Keith Lee who's probably mm-hmm. going to get beaten by Heel Gargano. I imagine Imperium would retain. It's their first defense. Um, Charlotte is probably going to retain. Um, I'd be very interested to see what they do with uh, Champa and Cross. Champa will probably win, but Cross will eat him afterwards and um, priest balor maybe maybe just balor wins there just to like even out a little bit but it's looking like a very heel dominant card just in terms of like you know obvious predictions they may swerve us you know because wwe are very good at that uh, especially nxt um so like it's not like you're getting any coronations with mm. no fans i i feel like for the next one because uh, I don't, we don't know what's happening with SummerSlam. Uh, Boston is definitely out, but Florida, as 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 we all know, are declaring everything a, an essential business. Um, so it's possible that we may have fans back in time for you know Takeover Florida. Mm. Who who can say? Uh, yes. And maybe then we're going to get some kind of big 
moment. But yeah, I, I, I agree. It's with a card that stacks, you just want to be part of that. You want to you want to hear the fans. You want to be part. You want to hear that conversation between fan and wrestler, which is such a fundamental part of wrestling. Yeah, but we should probably exactly. probably talk about some of the matches on yes. tonight's show. Um, I, I guess so. Here's here's the thing that was confusing me, and I want to see if you can uh, like clear it up for me. Yeah. Uh, El Hio del Fantasma and Akira mm-hmm. Tozawa both are on two one in their group, but El Hio del Fantasma is the winner of that group, mm-hmm. whereas. Yeah. Um, Jake Atlas, Drake Maverick, and Kushida all are on two one in Group A, but they're having a tiebreaker to settle it. What? Yes. What's What's so, that about? I was very confused as well at first, and I, I think it wasn't super clear. I think they might have mentioned it, and we might have missed it, but it wasn't very clear what they were saying anyway, because I don't think the commentators fully knew either. When Phantasma uh, beats us out early and earlier in the night, they were like, "And now Phantasma's in the lead in the group." And it was like, well, no, he's actually won the group. So it was a bit very confusing. But I think it's because of the head-to-head records. Because each of the three, it's like rock, paper, scissors in the triple threat. They've all beaten each other once. Whereas Phantasma uh, beat Tozawa. So he's got the best head-to-head record. So he beats Tozawa, even though they've got the same record. I think. Right. Okay. That's real. That's real unintuitive. Yeah. So... It's pretty confusing. I think if if they it does make sense, but they just needed to spell that out a bit more. Which because is the, they were like, yeah, well, the everyone main, knows that. So, well, they don't. The main graphic they use is the two one one nil two thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we had a couple of uh, cruiserweight tournament matches. We had Elijo del Fantasma versus Akira Tozawa. Fantasma got the victory with the Phantom Driver. This uh, was a solid match. It was good. Um, yeah. It, it was a pretty good match and Phantasma got the win. They had a, a backstage segment later on where uh, more lucha people uh, started to beat up Akira Tozawa this time. Phantasma went up to him in the parking lot and said, hey, thanks for the match and all that stuff. Got into his car and then as soon as he got into the car, lucha people showed up and started beating up Tozawa like up against the door so Phantasma couldn't get out and then he eventually came out and then they ran off uh, I think it's all a swerve and Phantasma's the leader of them they're just, 100% working yeah. for Phantasma <laughs> yeah like it's not even subtle at this point I don't think it's uh yeah I, I, I'd be very surprised if they just go and Phantasma's gonna take them all down now cause that wouldn't make any sense but Sure. Who do you yeah. think is going to be the? Who do you think is emerging from Group A as the as the victor? Oh, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so we'll say first. Later on in the night, we had uh, Drake Maverick versus Kushida in what was a bloody brilliant match. God, Drake Maverick's just the best baby face mm. in like ever. Mm-hmm. God, just like little things where Kushida the whole match he was essentially working heel, just kind of working over Drake Maverick's arm the whole time softening it up for the hoverboard lock later on and then he um every time he got like close to locking in the armbar you just heard maverick not necessarily in pain but just screaming out just no 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 like the whole time because he just didn't want to quit and i was like god you're just the best don't stop it don't stop it uh, don't stop it don't stop it don't stop the match like the whole time it was oh it 
I I even I knew the result of this match before I started watching the show, and every time an armbar went in, I was like, no, don't tap, don't tap. Like the whole, I even I knew he was winning, and still I I was hooked in. I was bought by Maverick selling. He's the best. Um, but Maverick did manage to to eke out the victory just about getting a, a roll up onto Kushida. Uh, so yeah, it's a three way tie at the top of Group A with uh, Kushida, Jake Atlas, and Drake Maverick. They're having a triple threat next week to determine who's the actual winner of Group A, who's going to go on to face Elio del Fantasma uh, in the grand final uh, for the interim cruiserweight uh, championship. I think it's. I, I'm going to make myself very sad at this, but I think Maverick's going to win the triple threat. He's going to go on to face Phantasma, and that's when Phantasma's going to reveal his heel shenanigans that he's in charge of all the Lucha people, and he's going to win, and then Drake Maverick's going to go away from the company, and it's going to make me really sad. What if it's Maverick that's in charge of the cult? <laughs> And he just comes out and he's like, you all bought it. All my crocodile tears. Just WWE gets even worse with the, uh, how awkward and inappropriate the storyline is. God, it would be terrible. Like it would be, okay. I'd say like on, on a surface level, taking out all ethics and morals and emotion out of it. What an amazing performance by Drake Maverick if that was the bloody case. Like, good God, to string us along for that long, that would be amazing. Also, don't do that. That would be ridiculous. Yes, yes, absolutely right. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah, I I think that's probably the way it's going to go. I think they're going to keep the dreams alive for Maverick, but they're going to be snatched. And hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, if they are going to do the whole Lucha people beat up Drake Maverick and Phantasma turns heel... Uh, to win the title hopefully that gets like a good heat for phantasma and like a good like nuclear heat and everyone wants to see him go down kind of heat but I, I i don't know if it's gonna do that i think it might just be like screw you wwe heat which is gonna be i the best think I it know. i think it will start out as one and morph into the other i think it will start out as wwe that was that was a real shady way of doing business but i think uh, Drake Maverick being the pro that he is and probably you know like he's a professional he's probably got one eye on eventually coming back so like he's doing WWE a huge amount of work on his way out and you know as much as we can talk crap about WWE they do reward that kind of stuff so I think Drake totally. is probably just if he is going out he's going out in not necessarily a way that he should because I don't necessarily think WWE should be rewarded with a compelling storyline for treating their independent contractors like dirt but uh, you know the fact that he is able to make uh, one of the best storylines on NXT you know engagingly at least from an emotional I I feel I felt stuff watching that match like I thought it was absolutely brilliant best match of the night Mm -hmm. Um, yeah easily I thought like yeah like he's He's proven what a valuable commodity is, and I can't begrudge Drake Maverick that. He's upping his stock. And, like, if that doesn't make him more attractive to WWE, it's going to make him a hell of a lot more attractive to other promotions, being just like, wow, that is a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think exactly, he's yeah. I think he's brilliant. And eventually, I think that kind of goodwill surge for Drake will probably parlay into a pretty good heel run for El Hio del Fantasma, sort of like running the cruiserweight division with his army of lucha ghosts. That would be really cool. I don't know how that's going to work when Jordan Devlin comes back. 
and I'm I'm assuming they're going to have like a champion versus champion thing to determine the true champion. Mm. I don't know whether like Phantasma's going to have to lose it to someone else before Devlin comes back, so then you can actually have a face heal dynamic. Because I don't know how the dynamic would work between Devlin and Phantasma, but that's mm. a story for another day. I think. I think Devlin could work face. Like it's it's, so, yeah. it's his belt, so like I think the fans yeah. will probably be like, yeah, I think there's enough support there. I think he'll he'll, he'll go tweener at least. I reckon. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, but uh, after that, we had a very quick match between uh, Mia Yim and Santana Garrett, who was cosplaying as a sexy referee. Um, <laughs> as if that, then... as if that would help you. I like the idea that that's a strategy. Maybe, yeah. maybe if I'm the referee. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the match wasn't super important. But what was important was what happened afterwards, because uh, Yim was celebrating before Johnny Gargano and Candice and Ray came out and cut a promo. I'm liking this combination more and more the more it goes on. Yeah. I'm. I really think they're they're clicking now. They're hitting their stride. Um, really like this promo, just running down Mia Yim and uh, Gargano and Larray threatened to kind of get in the ring to be like, let's show you what happens. You know, the the Gargano and Larray way kind of thing, and get into the ring. Uh, Yim boots off Gargano before he can get any offense in. They brawl for a bit before Gargano pulls down the middle middle rope, and Yim falls to the floor, which brings out Keith Lee uh, to defend Mia Yim. Uh, and they come out, they clear the ring. So it looks like they're also setting up a Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae match as well. Whether that'll be a takeover or not, who knows. But um, definitely Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano as well. Let's hope, fingers crossed, it's not just a mixed tag. Because that would be a bit pants. Oh god, I yeah. Think. Oh no. Yeah. Oh please. Yeah. Well, I'm not, well like, I, uh, like I'm sure it would be good. Like everyone involved it in it good. is good, but I just want them to get behind, just get behind Keith Lee well, now. Well, maybe, maybe what they're gonna do then is they do the mixed tag at this takeover. Next takeover, they have Keith Lee versus Gargano, which is where Gargano will win the North American title from him, and then after that, Keith Lee can go on for the NXT Championship or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's not um, a bad shout, is it, Pete? That's a quite good. It's quite good commentary. What a podcast it's... this is! Hello, new subscribers. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking that combination of Lorraine Gargano. I think they're they're doing well. Um, we had uh, Roddy Strong versus Dexter Loomis. Mm. Um, I'm liking Loomis more and more. Honestly, yeah. the more I watch him, I, I think he's pretty good. I I kind of I I liked him pretty much from the off. Not necessarily because mm. I thought like, oh, this guy's top worker or something it's just there is something about him it's i think it's the word composure like he genuinely like it's a very silly gimmick the undertaker was a very silly gimmick it's how you it's how you translate the gimmick into your movement and your and everything you do in the ring and dexter loomis is one of the few people i've seen to have like a gimmick which uh, a pack impacts quite heavily your moveset and for him to really feel like he's hitting every single moment like there's a stillness to him which is very difficult to teach uh like the fact that he like he he's quite a powerful figure to look at it's a bit silly uh don't get me wrong and i do wish he wasn't called dexter because it's so on the nose um yeah. it, it's a tricky one main event gimmick who can say i think uh but he's on the fallout of the match. I think, like you say, I think we're getting Dream Cole, and I've got a feeling 
that uh, Dream is not going to walk away with the title because of Dexter Loomis. Because I think Ooh. that, I, I do think that's the feud going forward is Dexter versus Dream. And I think that has a potential to make Loomis a really interesting character. Just haven't heard him really say much of anything. Like we don't know what yeah. he wants. And that is the one thing that's holding us back. And I think he needs a, a really, a, like a main feud in order to get that intention out of him. And I really want to see him uh, and Dream have a feud uh, more yeah. so than i want to see dream be nxt champion yeah totally um but yeah the the, the match itself i thought was really cool uh the ending i thought was really great when um roddy strong gets a like a, a roll up onto onto loomis and gets the win loomis then like chokes him out in his submission straight after the match and he's out on the floor the rest of Undisputed Era come out, sans Kyle O'Reilly, and they just start kicking him while he's on the floor, and he just doesn't let go of the hold. Yeah. He's just sitting there, just taking it, and it just doesn't matter. Dream comes out, they all start brawling. Dr- they do a funny cut here, where Dream does supposedly the Purple Rainmaker from the apron over the barricade to the concrete floor, but he jumped, and then they quite clearly just cut to Adam Cole, and then Dream just has just fallen on him from standing next to him and they just jump cut it and he just goes ah oh, from the apron and then he gets back in it was a it was fine and then uh but then it cuts back to dexter loomis after all that the brawl and the big purple rainmaker and everything and he still got the hold on roddy strong and he's just stroking his head while he's sitting there i thought it was really good really really cool i love that those little character moments from Dexter Lewis, like you said really just round the character and really make the gimmick feel a lot more serious when it could be very very silly yeah um it feels like something that could be taken seriously yeah he's just like what do you want Dexter that's the final piece of the puzzle what do you want and Mm -hmm. why are you going after Undisputed Era and why are you associating with Dream what's it all about and I think that is yeah the the final piece to really make people kind of pay attention because yeah I I I just love the way he's kind of he crawls across the yeah. across the ring like that's it's a very smooth motion like the dude's got real physical presence i hope i yeah, really hope for the best for him speaking of physical presence though oh we opened the episode with carrying cross uh distraught that there's less lip syncing in the entrance than last time absolutely <laughs> yeah. furious at that uh scarlet does a bit but not as much as she used to which is mm-hmm. uh, a real shame but yeah uh he beats up some guy called liam i know his name's liam because it was written on his ass mm. uh, on his trunks and I, yeah, I'm still digging Carrion fighting in the mist. I think that looks brilliant. Very quick mm-hmm. match. And then, yeah, you get the Cross versus Champa uh, promo, which is, I, I, I like the fact that even though Champa is face, he's still remembering sort of heelish tendencies. And like he, he gave that line to his like, you know what? I'd respect that. Um, you know, I would probably do something similar because I'm also a bad person. I just also fight other bad people. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's just uh, basically said, welcome to the big time. And it, it, it feels like that is something that Champa can give. It feels like it, it feels right when Champa says, you're fighting me. So you're fighting the big time. It's like, yeah, it's a really nice little rub. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a really good promo. And it feels very earned for Champa to just be like, I'm, I'm a big deal. Us fighting is a really big deal. You should really watch TakeOver. It's a, it's a really it makes sense it's a big big match and i'm very curious to see who's going to come out on top on it yeah it's really difficult to call i think it's going to be cross i think that's going to be his big kind of you know obviously he's had 
he's been teased for ages he attacked champa and you know he had that kind of big exclamation mark of here's my entrance be wowed by it i think this is just going to be the next thing of being like oh god we should really take Karen cross seriously when he beats champa at a takeover and he's just like told you i'm awesome i'm literally the best everyone should pay attention to me um yeah i, I think that's just going to be the next uh, rung in making uh, Karrion Cross feel like a, a main event player in NXT instantly, which I think they've done a flawless job of so far. Absolutely. Uh, after that, we had uh, some more stuff with uh, Lorcan and Birch beat a, a team of Ever Rise. God, they uh, beat them. Match. They absolutely yeah, beat them so hard. They whipped the ballocks off them. It was brilliant. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That that uh, headbutt from Danny Birch just oh, really. Oh, he's, he's great. I love a good headbutt. Like, mm. Drew McIntyre's as well. It's so good. Tell Just, you what, though. Oh, they're both great. I think that adds up to your theory. I think we may actually, instead of getting a tag team championship match on TakeOver, we may be getting that mixed tag. And that mm. will also be a way to put more baby faces over on the card as well. Mm, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad shout at all. Um, but uh, after this match was over, Lorcan and Birch kind of did the Imperium hands behind your back taunt thing. So, which is pretty on the nose. So it seems like that's the way they're going. Imperium are probably going to be like, "How dare you do our thing?" And then they'll fight about it. I don't know. Our torch um, is sacred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, we had that Kashida Maverick match, which was awesome. And uh, our main event was Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. Sorry, you're cutting wait, me off here. Wait, Pete. Wait, wait. wait. You've, you've missed out the best promo on the show. You've oh, missed out Shotzi Blackheart on a tank. <laughs> oh my god! I I, didn't I, I loved this. I loved this. Uh, I think it Shotzi's a real crazy. silly. It's a real silly gimmick, um, totally. and it's it's an it's it's a very camply written promo. It's like I'm Shotzi. I take care of business. I'm your daddy. I like to rock. This is my baby. The tank is called the Dirty Blonde. I'm a, I'm like a tank because tanks don't give a like it's. <laughs> gotcha Raquel Gonzalez eat my tank like I've written down all these lines it's I I loved this it's so dumb but I really like and, the, as well the juxtapose it the fact that she's riding an actual tank but when it cuts to her riding down to the ring she's in a toy tank from Target <laughs> yeah it's uh it's definitely a gimmick uh and yeah I thought this this program was hilarious it was really funny and uh, I like when she was saying just like, here's what I'm going to do to the NXT women's division and then drove a tank over some like crushed up cars. I was like, are you planning on running them over with a tank? Like, what's your what's your plan here? Yeah, she's been very specific. She's been very explicit about it. Eat my tank is yeah, the, is the message to the women's division. It's uh, yeah. Big what a fan. promo. Big fan. Uh, there were a couple of others through the night from like Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest and people like that. Um, but uh, yeah, that was definitely the most noteworthy. Um, but yeah, then we had that main event of Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. Uh, my first note here is, my God, Shirai's amazing. She sure uh, is. God, she's incredible. Um, I, I love Rhea Ripley as well. Don't get me wrong. It was just uh, something I spotted from Io Shirai. Just the way she moves in the ring. It's, it, oh, she's amazing. Um, this was a, a really solid match. Um, but just as it was kind of kicking up into the higher gear, Charlotte Flair came out. Um, uh, I think it was Shirai, uh, Hurricane Ranad, Rhea into Charlotte. Charlotte came in and caused the DQ, attacked them both, and stood tall holding the NXT Women's Championship over both of them. So it looks like it's probably going to be building to a triple threat. Wasn't a huge fan of this ending. 
just because I, I feel like NXT does a really good job of not having like DQ finishes and not having like kind of scrappy weird DQs and stuff like that. They might do like shock roll up victories, but that person still won. Mm. They they very rarely, I think, unless it's the Undisputed Era, have like someone runs out and causes a DQ. Uh, this felt a bit naff. It was it, yeah. It felt it felt a little bit like instead of Charlotte arriving and getting all NXTified, sort of feels a little bit like Charlotte's brought some main roster stuff with her, which is not to get that out of my NXT. Um, I I think. I get it, like, they don't want to be to be any in, conclusive in any way, shape, or form before the big match. I understand why you'd want to do that. Uh, that is fairly typical booking. It's a little atypical of NXT, you're right, but in this situation, like, all three women are, kind of have, like, a blemish-free copybook going into TakeOver, so that is very exciting. I... I yeah uh, I because I when at the beginning when we talked about it I thought oh Charlotte's a, a like a a shoe in for this maybe maybe it might be EO now just mm. let just hear me out because if EO beats Rhea then Charlotte can challenge EO and then Charlotte has a little bit more going for that because then she could try and be a three time NXT Women's Champion which I think is the record it is right yeah. most is two at the minute yeah. So, I don't know, like, I, I, I know Charlotte likes accolades, but uh, that's something. So it, it may not be cut and dry. It probably feels like Charlotte's going to retain. But, you know, doing her cheeky natural selection out of nowhere after someone else's cleaned house. But there's, mm-hmm. there's possibilities. And it's the thing with NXT, yeah. there's always possibilities. I think if Charlotte was going to lose to anyone, it would probably be in a triple threat. And it wouldn't be her getting pinned. So they could still claim because it, she's still the main roster star in nxt so it probably going to be more of a case of like well charlotte wasn't pinned she's still got that going for her kind of thing so i think yeah having it be a triple threat does make it a lot more exciting because there is that possibility going well maybe charlotte might not win and like you said having a you know a heel win having Io shirai take it off charlotte it's totally a, a perfect way to do that in a triple threat so yeah i'm i'm excited for that as well um and overall, I thought this show was a really, really good building show for TakeOver. I'm super pumped for it. I'm super pumped for next week, even that with, you know, the cage fight and stuff like that. I think it was just a really, really good, solid building show. Uh, there's really not much wrong with it at all. No, they've, it's, it's, they're going it's places and it, these all feel like logical, exciting steps on the road to what, yeah, what we've laid out as would be a very exciting TakeOver. One we're very much looking forward oh. to covering pretty please i'd love me a takeover like that hi pete is this the part of the podcast where we talk about stuff that isn't nxt and just like like fill some time and get to know each other yeah yeah that's the one cool this is weird doing it not from a video just (laughs) doing a podcast this is strange um, anyway, yesterday was Quizlemania, wasn't it, Adam? Oh, it sure was. One of my... Uh, it was. Like, oh, God, I, I like Quizlemania so much. So much. It's great. Um, Luke, uh, against the odds, retaining the championship against uh, yeah. Kenny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, there wasn't a lot in it. There was about, what, f- uh, like five or six points five? in it in the end? Yeah, yeah. like Kenny's, Kenny's resurgence at the end was deeply terrifying. 
Uh, but yeah, he yeah, he, managed, but... he went from last place to second in convincing fashion, which I'm very upset about. Oh, I, was, I was doing so well, smooth. Pete. I was well, I was doing fine, and then you know, first round of the survival, I was like, oh my god, I've got ten points out of this round. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> Except you know, Kenny then got six afterwards don't because come on pete you're bit you're better than this because of shenanigans yes i made I... I made a mistake although technically actually wwe.com and the wikipedia page made the mistake i was just caught in the That's middle true. and i was i i went out of my way to try and be fair thank you peter that's true i'm not i'm not blaming you i'm blaming the system yeah um but uh yeah. So, and then after that, I just completely fell off. I was like, "Oh my god, I got ten points! I'm, I'm there's no way I'm, I can finish last." And then I finished last <laughs> because that's that much like Mark Henry. That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it does feel like at some point you and Ollie have to come to blows over who's got the worst record at Quizomania. Probably, yeah. Because I mean, like, if 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 Laurie wasn't disqualified, you would be tied right now. If Laurie hadn't That's been true. disqualified from WrestleMania Quizomania three, you would be on zero and three, and uh, Ollie would have come last three times. Same, like mm. uh, you both would have been on uh, on three, so it would be interesting. But uh, you know, you've got one more officially according to the disqualification. You've got to come last one more time to tie Ollie's uh, really terrible Quizomania record. Can't wait for that. Uh, I, I have seen a comment, funnily enough. Uh, left on Quizzlemania 8 which has the cumulative totals of everyone that's been on on Quizzlemania so far. Oh my god, Luke Ooh, must be Luke must be way out in front. He's been on everyone so, but one. He's out of 7 Quizzlemanias, Luke has 424 points nice. in first. Fair enough. Uh out of 5 Quizzlemanias, Andy's in second with 313. Nice. Out of three Quizzlemanias, Sean Ross Sapp is third with 248 points. I'm fourth with out of four Quizzlemanias with 198 points. And Ollie, out of one more Quizzlemania than me, he's been on five and has two less points than me. Oh, he's on wow. 196. Oh, good. So, well done, Pete. You are better than Ollie. You should be running yeah. WrestleTalk. I really should, shouldn't I? And funnily enough, Brian Zane is like 30 points behind Ollie and he's been on three less Quizzlemanias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, it, there's a real great. there's a real differential between our guests and yeah. everyone but Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It it'll be quite the time when Luke it stops appearing on Quizzlemania if and when he ever drops the Quizzlemania trophy and other people are on. Luke's just going to have to have like 10 Quizzlemanias off just to just to let other people catch up with how many they've been on. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Ollie to come back to see if he finishes last again because I want him to. <laughs> I just want to keep his streak going forever. Pretty please. Well, I'm excited oh, about next week's because uh, while mm-hmm. while things aren't finalised enough for me to announce it, we have a night. We have a, we have a cool idea for next totally. week's uh, Quizzlemania, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, we'll see if that pans out, and then mm-hmm. we have again not uh, concrete enough to talk about it, uh, but we have uh, bigger plans for Wrestle uh, Quizzlemania ten. So we'll see if they shake out. But yeah, it's uh, the next two weeks are exciting times in Quizzlemania. I'm really looking forward to them. Very much so. I am. Yeah, I'm super pumped. The, the big one zero for Quizzlemania. What a milestone! Um, do, 
tell you what, after this whole thing's blown over and we're back in the office and stuff, do you have plans to still keep going with Quizzlemania? I would like to. I just would like to not do it every week. Because mm, when I we get back into the office, there are other things that need to be started up. Uh, no rolls barred, for example. Mm, yeah, um, for sure. We have other uh, features in mind, other formats for Parts of Unknown. Mm. They will be uh, coming out uh, as and when. Uh, and hopefully uh, other projects as well, which are quite a bit off, but still will require time. Um, so mm. it's... I'd definitely be up for doing Quizlemania at least once a month, but uh, once a week is maybe pushing it a little bit. Yeah, because I don't. I think something that people really don't realise is how long it takes to get everything ready, like researching the questions, getting everything set up on on the thing, so you got all the graphics ready and all the numbers and whatever else. It probably takes quite a long time. Yeah, uh, probably about for... a day, day and a half. Like it, with, with all the photoshopping as well, and like. Mm-hmm just like yeah finding all the all the stuff it takes a it takes a little bit like it's it's not hard work i'll be honest it's it's fun yeah. it's fun work and i'm not going to complain about it but just yeah uh minutes once once the world is is better again whenever that will be uh time will be in short supply which is a good thing because uh, there's more exciting things to come yes absolutely uh as someone that's uh back in the day when i had my own YouTube channel when I had my my Pokemon YouTube channel uh, one of the things I did was a Pokemon quiz that, that I used to invite it was basically a collaborative thing where I just invite a person on each episode and just I'd always come up with fresh unique questions the whole time and I'd have different formats and stuff like that and it took forever mm. so yeah I, I'd totally get where you're where you're coming from with that and yeah I, I eventually just stopped doing it because I was like I just can't. Hmm. Just don't have the time anymore. Just can't do it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very very excited to see the the future of Parts of Unknown as a whole. Because like you said, we've got loads of stuff coming out. Uh, speaking of stuff coming out, we've got another uh, No Rolls Barred one shot coming out soon. Oh yeah, it's uh, so I feel like we could say this is coming out next friday yeah. for patrons uh patreon.com forward slash no rolls barred if you want to get it on friday then it'll be coming out a few days later uh on the public no uh parts of unknown uh it's mm-hmm. it's cowboys uh we recorded it yesterday Yeehaw. and it was brilliant uh easily one of my favorite no rolls barred experiences so far i loved the wild west i thought everyone stepped up i thought all the characters were cool like i there wasn't lots of the same character which i i was a potential kind of pitfall um there's a lot of stuff you'd expect from a western one but also some stuff that you definitely wouldn't um yeah i I don't want to go into much more than that but it's a fantastic show i'm really really proud of it and i can't wait to watch it back when it's uh all edited together yeah i'm thoroughly excited to watch it but i still need to watch with my uh with my lady partner i still need to watch the first season of no rolls barred i think we're we've only done like the first three i think i think we're on the go home episode Ah. and i think we it's just kind of flown under the radar what with you know the world and I just mentioned it to her yesterday. I was like, we haven't finished No Rolls Bar. And she was like, oh my God, we haven't finished No Rolls Bar. We need to watch that. I was like, yes, we do. Yes, so you do. I think do. that's probably a plan for, plan for this weekend is definitely uh, uh, watch the rest of that if we can. Awesome. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I, like, I really like the go-home show, but the, uh, the Colossal Tussles especially good. 
I've still not seen the Colossal Tussle yet because I've been waiting to watch it with her and then we've forgotten about it. Yeah. I mean, I know, I probably know most of the things that happened because I, I had to edit do. the podcast version of it. But, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly excited to watch more of that. Uh, that's probably all the time we've got for this episode of the WrestleTalk podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back. Uh, we've got, well, the AEW review today as well. We've got uh, Double or Nothing is happening this Saturday, so there'll be a review of that at some point, probably. Uh, and, of course, SmackDown on Saturday as well, and then we're back into the cycle again with Raw and, and uh, AEW and NXT next week, and then we're on the build to Backlash. Wait, it never stops. Never stops. Never stops. You'd think it would stop. Ever. you think it'd stop now, but it hasn't. So, it don't. No, neither will we. Really don't be like that, unfortunately. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. I love you all. Goodbye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.